Today's text comes from Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Luke chapter 10, 38 through 42. Here are now the words inspired by God. On their journey, Jesus came into a village. There was a woman there named Martha who welcomed him. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the master's feet and listened to his teaching. Martha was frantic with all the work in the kitchen. Master, she said, coming into where they were, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work all by myself? Martha, Martha, he replied, you are fretting and fussing about so many things. Only one thing matters. Mary has chosen the best part, and it's not going to be taken away from her. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. A lot of times we hear that text of Mary and Martha, and we get really caught up in this understanding of not just doing a bunch of stuff as opposed to listening to the words of Christ, right? Um, and so therefore, uh, listening to the words of Christ becomes way more important than doing things for Christ. And so we have this, uh, this battle between the active doing stuff and the contemplative doing stuff. Uh, uh, there's a center for the, called the Action of Contemplation, uh, Center for Action and Contemplation, in New Mexico with Father Richard Rohr. And uh, he would tell everyone, he said, listen, the most important piece of the title of this building is the word and. <laughs> because you have to have a beautiful balance between contemplation and your action, the way you live out your faith, right? And, uh, and I think that that's important for our lesson today, too, because a lot of people want to take this as, oh, no, no, you should only sit at the feet of Jesus. You should never do anything for Jesus, right? <laughs> but that's not the case. There's nothing wrong with doing things for Jesus. We should be doing things for Christ. We should be uh, doing those things. But we should also, uh, in this case, be listening to the words of Jesus, too. Now, uh, one of the things that you can kind of hear in the voice of Martha uh, is uh, she's upset, right? Obviously, uh, you have to understand that there's a massive system of shame and honor in the time period. Okay, we've lost a little bit of that uh, in the West, but I still tell people that in Texas we have a little bit of honor still left in us. <laughs> Uh, every now and then, you can be able to have a person that, that has a very high view of honor, and their word is their bond, right? You might know some people that way that you respect because you actually have that understanding that their word is their bond, uh, and there's this piece of honor to it. But the shame and the honor principles that were going on in Jesus' day were really, really at the forefront of everyone's mind. And you see, Martha... Uh, did something very, very uh, unusual. She actually interrupted a rabbi while the rabbi was teaching. <laughs> she was risking a lot of shame and honor to be able to bring up the statement that she was about to make, right? Now, we've all been there. 
Hopefully you have. I mean, Tiffany reminded us in the children's moment. When you have someone important coming over, even if it's a dear friend, most of us want to clean up the house, right? No? Y'all don't clean up your house when someone... Yeah, yeah, there you go. Now, now there's the interactive part of the sermon. Yeah, like, okay, yeah. Um, and, and, and if you're like us in our family, you start cleaning, and then you start cooking, and then the doorbell rings. And you go get the door, and you shake hands, you give everybody hugs, and they hand you the bottle of wine or the food or whatever they gave you, and you put it in the kitchen. And what do you continue to do? Cooking and probably still cleaning. But you do it while you try to have a conversation with them. <laughs> Not to be rude, right? Uh, but you are still thinking in the back of your mind, I still have to prepare this house, even though they're already there at that point in time. And, and I don't think that Martha was thinking any different than you and me. <laughs> she cared so much. After all, she was the one who invited Jesus to the house, wasn't she? It wasn't Mary that invited Jesus. It was Martha that invited Jesus. She felt like she had this obligation to make sure that she was the one that was providing the best hospitality possible for, the, for this man, this beautiful, amazing rabbi teacher called Jesus. And so she risked lots of honor or lots of shame by interrupting a rabbi because, you see, the woman's role was in the kitchen back in the day has very much changed, maybe a little bit, probably not enough. <laughs> so the woman's role was in the kitchen. Her, her role was to be in, to, to, to focus on the hospitality piece. Um, if she was going to be taught and become a disciple, then that happened only among other women or in private by her husband in the house. Okay? <laughs> Do you hear what's going on here? And now hear Martha when she says, Jesus, would you please tell Mary to get up and help me out? Because she's making me do everything for myself. Now, do you hear the selfishness that's in the statement that Martha's making? Do you hear that? The me statements, the myself statements. All of those things, maybe her heart was not in the right place. Because she risked that all of that honor and shame. And of course, it backfired on her, didn't it? Jesus did not rebuke Mary. Who did Jesus rebuke? Martha, right? But it could have been uh, something dealing with her expectations. I think we all have uh, family expectations sometimes, right? Um, I know when I do premarital counseling, one of the most powerful things for a lot of the premarital counseling that I do with these couples is I help them realize that they are going to be bringing expectations to their spouse from their parents' roles of their parents' marriage, and they're bringing it to their, to their marriage. Does that make sense? Like, so for example, um, one, uh, one couple in particular, one spouse, uh, their mother did all the cooking and the other spouse's father did all the cooking. And can you imagine once they got married, if they had the expectation that you're supposed to be doing the cooking and you're supposed to be doing the cooking, they would have starved to death if they haven't had that conversation with me. That's important. It's a premarital counseling, by the way. I just thought I'd tell you that. It's a bad joke. You can laugh now. 
Thank you. Thank you. I'll take fake laughter any day of the week. Um, but it's true, right? We have these family norms, these acceptable norms that we have that we push on to other people, even in our families. This is the role of a child. This is the role of a wife. This is the role of a husband. Uh, my family, my mother always took the trash out. And so when I was married with Tiffany, I kept on running while the trash was filling up. I had these expectations that I brought to my marriage from the expectations that I had from my family. Well, just like we have family norms, we also have societal norms, don't we? Uh, What are girls supposed to play with? Dolls, right? Yeah. Barbie. Has to be pink. Uh, What are boys supposed to play with? Trucks. Tonka trucks. G.I. Joe, you know? Whatever else it is, we have all these societal norms. Well, Jesus' day had societal norms just as much or more so than what we did. And one of those societal norms was that women are in the kitchen and providing hospitality. Guess where the man's place was? At the feet of the rabbi. That's where the men were at. They were the ones that were allowed to be able to hear the very words of God through Jesus. And so you have to understand that when Mary goes down to sit at the feet of Jesus, she's brushing off shards of glass from the ceiling. (laughs) While Martha needed to probably brush off a little chip on her shoulder, right? Mary is in the space where only men are supposed to be. And Martha knows it. And Martha knows Jesus knows it. And Martha's ready to tell her in an instant where her place is supposed to be. And Jesus turns to Martha and says, you are fretting and worried over so many things. But Mary is in the place that she should be and that you should be. I don't care if you are male or female. The words that I have and the teaching that I offer is for everyone. You see, Mary's intentions and expectations were centered around a kingdom Mindset, a kingdom society norm, and not a society's norm of the time period. This was as big of a deal as Rosa Parks saying, No, you can't have my seat in 1955 in Montgomery. Do you hear how massive of a statement this was made by Luke and by Jesus in this time period? It is that big of a deal. And yet, we always read that we shouldn't be cleaning the house when Jesus is there. (laughs) What are the family norms? What are the societal norms that you have just simply taken for granted because that's just the way we've always done it? Do you know how many times I've heard that as a pastor in a Methodist church? Oh, we, we, we just don't do it that way. Right? (laughs) Ask anyone who's worked in the church. 
That's just not where we, that's not what we do at Easter. That's not what we do at Christmas. Oh, this, this has to go here. This has to go there. These seats have to look like this, right? We have all set up our own expectations. But the reason that we have them is because we think we are doing what we're supposed to do. And I'm inviting you to seriously deconstruct all of those things that you have thought this was the way it's supposed to be. And I invite you to ask Jesus. I invite you to ask Jesus to give you a kingdom mindset of your actions and your life. And how can we as Christians, how can we as the church be able to influence the society norms when our, our depth of who we are is the love of God and the love of others? How can we tell this world that thinks that this is just the way it's always been done to live into a kingdom mindset? Maybe we need a rebuke. Maybe we need some encouragement to know that we have been living a kingdom mindset and to be encouraged and strengthened to go out and continue to do that. Whatever it is the case, I invite every one of us to ask ourselves if our heart intentions are that of God or ourselves. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.